It's a beautiful day today. This is our second installment and second week of Advent. Our Christmas message is about the attributes of Jesus. Last week, we discussed about His power. Today, we're going to talk about yet another very important attribute of Jesus. His provision. Him providing for us. One of the reasons we celebrate Christmas is because we know He loves us by providing for us. What does the Bible say about God being the provider? The first time God was referred to as provider is found in Genesis 22:14. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Jehovah Jireh is the word they use for God being the provider, is one of the many different names of God found in the Old Testament. Jehovah Jireh is the King James Version translation of Yahweh Yaire and means the Lord will provide. It is the name memorialized by Abraham when God provided the ram to be sacrificed in place of Isaac. The story begins with a strange command from God to Abraham, instructing him to offer his son of promise, Isaac, as a burnt offering. Before I continue, let me backtrack for a while so we can understand why this, is, this particular event is so significant. Let's go back 10 chapters before this. Let's rewind. Let's go back in time. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Here we can see God's instructing Abraham to leave his country and his father's household to a land God will show him. Remember, Abraham had great wealth and comfort. He had all kinds of livestock from sheep and ram and goats. He also had silver and gold, as mentioned in Genesis 13 verse 2. He was going to leave all of that to a land he doesn't even know, to an unknown future, and bringing his entire family. You know, I was thinking about that, and I was saying, did God ever instruct me to do something as ridiculous and as crazy as that? To leave your comfort zone, to leave your, your everything you have, you've built for, something that goes against common sense or something that doesn't even make sense at all. Are you that close to God that when God tells you things like this, that you will trust Him enough? Here's my first point. God's instructions can only be heard when you are close to Him, when you know your God, right? It's hard to follow God when you don't even know what He's trying to tell you to do. In this verse, we also find that what He was telling Abraham was not a suggestion. It was actually a command. He wasn't asking Abraham to leave his country and people and household. He was commanding Abraham to leave everything behind. It wasn't a suggestion, it was a command. But it was a command with a promise. Okay, He said that in the land you're going to go, Abraham, I'm going to make you great. He said, God will make Abraham into a great nation and will bless him. And he will be a blessing. Do you know that if you're going to be a great nation, think about this. You need to have, you know, you need to have a big family. 
you gotta be uh, a populous or big in population, right? So three chapters later in Genesis 15, this is what it says. Then the word of the Lord came to him again. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the skies and count the stars above. If indeed you can count them, he said, then he said to him, so shall your offsprings be. Wow. He said, you're going to have a son. Okay. He said, your the offsprings are going to be many, just like the, the stars in the sky. And then Abraham, the next verse, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Let's pause for a while. Whenever you know it is a word from God or the Lord, let me just say this, you be ready. Because when God makes a promise, it will surely happen. See, God is a promise keeper. My second point is this, God's promises are conditional. Okay, God made a lot of promises, but promises of God are conditional. Conditional because it happens only when we follow God, when we obey. Let me repeat that. His promises are, will only happen when we are in His perfect will. See, we have the free will to put ourselves in a position to make God make His promises happen in our lives or vice versa. If we don't obey Him, many of the promises, like a promise to harm you, not to give you a hope in the future, those promises are conditional. Okay? In this particular chapter, God promises Abraham that he will give him a son from his own flesh and blood, not adopted, not from another person, from Sarah. And he said that from his son will spring forth an entire nation like the stars in the skies. Wow! And Abraham believed the Lord. Again, let's pause, pause here for a while. When Abraham believed that God will give him a son and, and his wife Sarah a son, that may sound easy to believe, but you have to remember, Abraham believed God in their old age. He believed God even when it was impossible in the natural because they were old. There's no way we can have children because they're too old, but Abraham did. That's why it was credited to him as righteousness. Can you believe God for impossible things? Or have you given up on God's promises for your life? Fast forward again to chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Listen to this. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the, to the region of Moriah. This is a mount, mountain there. And he said, to sacrifice him there is a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Think about this for a while again. What was Abraham thinking when God told him to do this. God, you said, you know, again, this is my version. God, you said to pack up and leave everything, and I did, right? God, you said that you'll make me into a great nation and you'll bless me. God, you said you'll give me a son, and you did. God, you said I'll have a family as numerous as the stars in the sky. How will that happen, Lord, if I take the life of my only son? What do you think was going on in Abraham's mind? 
you know, I think, I think God, you know, everything he, he promised came to be. You know, I left my people, I left my father's household, you led me to this land, you said you're going to give me a child, and you did, you made it happen. And now you're telling me to sacrifice my son? If I kill my only son, you know, I, I feel that Abraham was thinking, okay, if you kill my only son, you either will replace him with another, or maybe raise him up from the dead. But I believe you, God. So God, I'll obey even if I don't understand. I think that was what Abraham was thinking. Are there things that God's telling you to do? Uh, sometimes it's baffling. Sometimes we don't understand, right? Again, that's just me. Anyway, early the next morning, you know what Abraham did? He got up and by faith, he loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and of course his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He was looking at the mountain and he says, man, this is the place I'm going to offer my son. Okay. And there he was. And there he, he said, stay there. He told the, stay with the donkey while I, I and the boy go over there. Then we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire, the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, to his father Abraham, uh, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Then Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son, tied him up, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand I don't know how he did this, and took the knife to slay his son. See, so this is, this is a very critical moment. But then the next verse says, But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, God said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear me, God said, because you have not withheld your son from me, your only son. Abraham looked and there in a thicket, you know, there's a, in the bushes, he saw a ram caught by its two horns. Two horns were caught. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. And to this day it said <clears throat> on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. While Abraham was climbing the mountain, Imagine this, Abraham was climbing the mountain with two servants and his son on this side. While he was climbing on this side, I believe, the, <clears throat> the ram was climbing on the other side. See, the timing of God's provision, the timing of God. And when he needed something to sacrifice, this particular animal got caught in a thicket, in the thicket. 
And for a strong animal like a ram to get caught in a thicket is almost like impossible, right? We really see God providing the ram in place of his son at the right moment. My third point, God's timing is always perfect. Have you ever wondered why sometimes we force things in our lives, but then you realize, man, God's timing is perfect. If it's really from God, you don't even have to strive. You just have to obey. You just have to do what God's telling you to do. And at the proper time, God's going to give it to you. You know sometimes why, why we get stressed out? Because we want it now. We can't wait. We have our own timetable. Time but God has His own timetable. God is teaching us. I, I was looking at Facebook a while ago, and I read one guy said, I, you know, um, when, I, when I play, I either win or I learn. What he's saying is he'll never lose. When I play, I never lose. It's either I win or I learn. Sometimes the things that happen to you and I, the things that, that we don't get immediately, are the opportunities for us to learn something from God, right? So Abraham names the place Jehovah Jireh because of God's provision of a substitute for Isaac. Immediately afterwards, God reconfirms his covenant with Abraham. Centuries later, King Solomon would build a temple in the same location, by the way. The account of Abraham on Mount Moriah thus become more than a dramatic illustration of faith and obedience. It is a presentation of the Lord's eternal grace, His continual provision for us, and all encompassing wisdom. Jehovah Jireh is not the Lord did provide, but the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh also means that God sees. God sees. He sees your needs even before you ask. Likewise, the statement on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided, refers to more than just Mount Moriah. It also refers to a hill called Calvary, where God did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. Remember that? Jesus, Abraham's faith-filled statement that God Himself will provide the Lamb is a companion to John the Baptist's exclamation, Look, the Lamb of God! who takes away the sins of the world. Whew, I get excited when I hear that. Jehovah Jireh provides a sacrifice to save Isaac. And that action was a foreshadowing of the provision of his son for the salvation of the world. It's very symbolic of that. From the great needs of our soul for issues like salvation and forgiveness, to the yearning of our hearts for, for a spouse, or for things and for God providing, God always does provide. He is our Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees. My last point, God is all we need. God's all you need. It is His promise and His character. It is His very name, Jehovah Jireh, Jesus is all we need. This Christmas, let's remember Christ, not just as a powerful God, but as provider, Jehovah Jireh. Everything that we have comes from God because He is our great provider.